All right, glorious devotees. Shigori Vaishnav Guru Paramparaki Jai, Shijiva Goswami Ki Jai, Satsandarvas Ki Jai, Anantakota Vaishnavinda Ki Jai. We will continue today with our presentation. With upon, uh, excuse me, I cannot read a message and and do 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 a presentation at the same time. I'm not yet that talented. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, we're going to continue today uh, with our discussion of the Bhagavat Sandarva. Uh, and and we'll be speaking about uh, basically the Brahman Sandarva. There is a place in the Bhagavat Sandarva that Srila Jiva Goswami himself distinguishes as the Brahman Sandarbha. It uh, consists of uh, two Anuchetas. But uh, before we get there, uh, a quick review, which is also and always good in dealing with this subject matter. So we go back to the Tattva Sandarbha and we remember the seed conception of the entire presentation from the eighth Anucheta of the Mangala Charana. In one feature, Sri Krishna exists as pure consciousness without any manifest characteristic and is referred to as Brahman in some portions of the Vedas. In another feature, he expands as the Purusha who regulates the extrinsic potency Maya his many plenary portions. In yet another of his principal forms, he is Narayan resplendent in the spiritual sky, Vaikuntha. May that Sri Krishna, the original complete absolute truth, Swayam Bhagavan, bestow love for himself on those who worship his lotus feet in this world. This verse we can see is very closely connected with the Vedanti Tat verse from the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. Vedanti Tat Tat Bhavidas Tatvam Yajnanamad Bhayam Brahmeti Paramatmeti Bhagavaniti Sabjate. Learned transcendentalists who know the absolute truth call this non dual substance Brahman, Paramatma, or Bhagavan. So, how is this known as Brahman, Paramatma, or Bhagavan? Excuse me, I'm very sorry. Um. I hope everyone can hear me. If anyone could not, please unmute yourself and uh, let me know. Uh, I have a little bit of a different setup here due to a uh, computer failure. We had to switch devices. 
So I will continue now. Please excuse me for the temporary interruption. So how the absolute truth is perceived, this is basically where Jiva Goswami begins his uh, description of the Pramaya, um, what is knowable. So first we were given a valid means of knowing, which he distilled down to the Bhagavat Purana for so many reasons. And then we go into the subject of the book, what is actually knowable? Well, the supreme absolute truth. What is that supreme absolute truth? Well, it is ourselves, everything around us, and even more than that. And if we go beyond that, what is perceptible by ourselves, then we come to um, an approach of the absolute truth. And according to our approach, as we discussed last week, uh, we, we, we have different conceptions uh, that are made available to us uh, from revelation, uh, from descending knowledge. Even the revelation of Brahman, as we will see today, is coming to us uh, and descending to us from the transcendental realm. So I think this will be a very interesting discussion today. And we will proceed directly into the Bhagavat Sandarva. Again, we remind you that we are only picking out select uh, verses and from those select verses, or in the case of a Sandarbha and Jiva's Sandarbhas, uh, they're referred to as Anuchedas. Uh, Anucheda means a section. And in these various sections, Sri Jiva Goswami presents to us uh, different aspects of the um, of what constitutes uh, the realities um, of, of spiritual revelation coming from the Srimad Bhagavatam. So this Bhagavat Sandarbha, we're gonna take, we're gonna continue today with the distinction between Brahman and Bhagavan. Our discussion today will be primarily centered on this understanding of Brahman, the proper way to understand it according to the Srimad Bhagavatam, which is the sign around which all Gaudiya Vaishnav um, theology comes. So let us continue here. In the second Anucheta, Shiva Goswami writes, Thus in Srimad Bhagavatam, in Bhagavatam, as well as in some other texts, the one absolute truth is addressed by three names. In some places, the absolute is called Brahman, in others Paramatma, and yet others Bhagavan. But it should be noted that since Srila Vyasadeva witnessed a clear distinction between the absolute truth and the individual self in his trance, the absolute was not referred to as jiva in this verse. 
Again, we're talking about the verses that delineate the spiritual revelation from the seventh chapter of the first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. Vyas had a, a revelation, and in his revelation, um, he, he was able to perceive uh, Bhagavan Sri Krishna, the complete manifestation of the Supreme Lord. Also in this Anucheta, we find since Paramatma is automatically understood by specifying the distinction between Brahman and Bhagavan, we will begin with an exposition of these two. When the absolute truth is defined without distinguishing between the conscious energetic source and its energies, it is called Brahman. So this distinction between Brahman and Bhagavan, the Upadasadic section of the Vedas and Vedanta Sutra make frequent use of the word Brahman. The Smritis of Paramatma and the Itihasas and Puranas of Bhagavan. So it's coming out here in the commentary that uh, we find in the copus of all the Vedic contribution to human society that the term Brahman is primarily in the Vedic and the Vedanta Sutra portion. Um, and the Smritis deal with Paramatma and the histories and the Itihasas, the histories and the Puranas, um, those bring out the nature of the Supreme in relation to his personality and his complete manifestation as Bhagavan. Jiva states that he will proceed to explain Brahman and Bhagavan first, by which the nature of Paramatma will be understood automatically. To prove that the one absolute has three names based on the realization of the worshiper, Srila Jiva Goswami cites two verses, Srimad Bhagavatam 5.12.11 and 4.11.30. The first of these is, is an instruction from John Bharat to King Rahugana. In it, the phrase Janam Visudam, pure consciousness, Paramartha, the ultimate of that which is to be attained, Eka, one, Anantaram Abadi, devoid of any internal or external divisions, and such a truth are all determinants of Brahman. Pratyak, situated in the heart of the living being, and Prasanta, unperturbed, referred to Paramatma. Now, as we proceed in today's class and going forward, you're going to, to take a deeper dive into an understanding of the nature of the presentation of the Sandarbhas by Jiva Goswami, how he structures the individual sections or anuchayas and brings out various philosophical points that comprise the various truths, the tattvas, that together melt together into 
the Siddhanta as understood by our Sampradaya, the Madhva, Gaudiya, uh, Sampradaya. So this will this will give us a real insight into the deep work that Srila Jiva Goswami has done uh, in, in this presentation and how he has selectively found within the Bhagavat Purana the supports for the various philosophical points that he wants to make. And then he brings those out, elaborates upon them, and supports them, as he said uh, in the Tattva Sandarbha, by the commenta commentaries of the great Acharyas that came before him. Uh, Sankaracharya, Ramanujacharya, Madhvacharya, and the great Sridhar Swami, the great commentator on Srimad Bhagavatam. So he's using these sadhus as support for his interpretation of the Shastra. So here we find the, co the complete package, Guru, Sadhu, and Shastra, as, as presented in each and every Anucheta to a greater or lesser extent in pro providing uh, the philosophical basis for the various tattvas that he's going to give to us. So here in the commentary, it's shown that these two verses, if we look to the Sanskrit of the verses themselves, we can look to the individual Sanskrit words, and we see by looking carefully that these three aspects of the absolute truth are there in these verses of the Bhagavatam, um, and that's what's coming out in this commentary. We'll continue. Um, and then in Srimad Bhagavatam 4.11.30, Ananda Matra, indistinguished bliss, refers to Brahman and Pratyaga Atma, the self within ourselves, to Paramatma. Upapana, samastasakti, comprehending all potencies, is an adjective referring to Bhagavan. So in these verses, all these nomenclatures are used, and we can see that, that the speakers in these different places in the Bhagavatam that are being used as an exemplars by Srila Jiva Goswami um, point specifically, although the words are not used, Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan, the different nomenclatures within the Sanskrit verses are pointing in those directions. Since Srimad Bhagavatam is the mature fruit of the Vedic tree, Nigama, Kalpa, Taror, Galitam, Phalam, and since, according to Garuda Purana, it supplies the meaning of Vedanta Sutra, 
It reconciles the various manifestations of the absolute described in the Vedic literature in different ways. Although different transcendentalists follow diverse processes and worship a variety of forms of the absolute as supreme, Srimad Bhagavatam explains that reality explains that reality is one only, but manifests differently according to the qualification of the worshiper. So we discussed this, this to some extent in our last discussion as to the nature of, of our extraordinary good fortune in somehow or other contacting uh, the, the dispensation, the merciful dispensation of the Gaudiya Vaishnavas coming from the advent of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself, wherein immediately by coming to contact with these sadhus, following Raganuga, the line of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we're being given entrance into the conception of not only the personal absolute, Bhagavan, beyond the material realm, beyond Paramatma, but Bhagavan in his most intimate manifestation as uh, Sri Krishna, Krishna Vraj. So Amer uh, uh, just amazing. That's why, as I said, the, the, as, as devotees advance and realize the extraordinary good fortune, they cannot but chant with tears pouring from their eyes when they think of this amazing gift that they've received, uh, this dispensation of Sri Chaitanya Mahabrabhu coming down uh, from his direct associates through the disciplic succession to us today. Extraordinary mercy in this most fallen age of mankind. We're going to go on and look at a couple things from the third Anucheta. Bhagavan is qualified, absolute. Anucheta 3. So the sage Parasara goes on to say, O sage, the letter Ba has two meanings, nourisher and supporter. The letter Ga has three meanings, leader, carrier, and creator. The six qualities of controlling potency, inconceivable power, fame, wealth, knowledge, and absence of attachment in their totality are called Bhaga. All the living beings reside, Vasanti, in Bhagavan, who is God within and the self of all creation, and he also resides in them. This is the meaning of the letter Va. Therefore, he is the imperishable reality. Parasara then concludes the word Bhagavan means complete knowledge, sensory power, bodily strength, controlling power, inconceivable power, and effulgence or beauty devoid of any repelling qualities. So now Jiva Goswami's giving a, a a, a definition of Bhagavan. Now, now let's look at the absolute truth with qualities. 
And if we look, we can look to the statement of Parasara, uh, and we can see how these qualities are defined by him and uh, from the from the Vishnu Purana, uh, we understand this terminology, Bhagavan. And now we are going to proceed. So there's some Anuchetas dealing with the fact that when we look to the qualified absolute, when we look to the, to the absolute as having qualities, then this, this aspect uh, can be understood broadly through these six characteristics, wealth, strength, fame, beauty, knowledge, and renunciation. Now we're going to start today's deep dive, and we're going to go into the sixth Anocheta in complete detail. Um, the person eligible for Brahman realization. And we're going to go through the entire Anucheta as it's presented by Jiva Goswami. And then we'll unpack it to some extent to enter into a deep understanding of what is Brahman realization and what is not Brahman realization. Now, in the contemporary Gaudiya society, and especially coming from the initial ingress into the Western world by uh, my spiritual master, uh, His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada, um, a complete unpacking of the distinction between radical non-dualism, or what would be referred to as Mayavad philosophy, and Brahman realization um, was, not, was not really emphasized. Uh, Prabhupada was so much into giving the basis of a personal conception of the absolute that he did not take time to make clear distinction um, repeatedly um, regarding Brahman and Mayavad philosophy and the distinction between the two. His emphasis was basically, let's see the distinction between the personality of Godhead and a conception where the personality of Godhead is not considered. And so his main emphasis was, was that if the personality of Godhead is not fully conceived of in terms of the Vedic literature, um, then, then any other any other approach to the absolute truth, specifically Brahman realization or merging into the absolute uh, would not be beneficial. So he, he, want, he just wanted to emphasize what is the Gaudiya objective? What is our Prayojan? Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. 
again and again and again, he emphasized that. And he did not unpack fully what we'd call radical non-dualism, which is Sankaracharya's interpretation of the Vedas in approaching the Brahman aspect and the, the full understanding, which is what we're going to enter into now in this Anucheta as what how Brahman is presented, Brahman realization is presented in the Srimad Bhagavatam and how those that desire, who have a desire, have to utilize bhakti to attain that realization. So he begins his sixth anarchy as follows. In the following verse and a half, Sri Brahma explains to Narada some further specifics about the Brahman feature. So this is from the second canto. That which the sages know as Brahman, which is uninterrupted joy and completely devoid of grief, is merely the pedestal, pada, of Bhagavan, the Supreme Person. It is eternally tranquil, free from fear, exclusively of the nature of unadulterated consciousness, pure, unchanging beyond all cause and effect, the source of all individual beings, which cannot be realized through the performance of sacrifices or the chanting of Vedic mantras, and before which the external energy personified Maya flees out of shame. So Brahma is giving a general uh, explanation here to Narda of what is the nature of Brahman and what is the nature of Brahman in relationship to uh, Bhagavan. He writes himself, he continues after quoting the verse and says, we will now offer further elaboration and exposition on the Vedanta verse, which Vedanti verse, excuse me, which will continue through the completion of Paramatma Sandarbha. So, as we said, this is such an, a, a central point of the theme of the Sandarbhas, this Vedanti tat tat bhavidas tat bhamyas gyanamadvayam brahmeti paramatmeti bhagavaniti sabjate. This, this verse will be unpacked and fully explained by Jiva Goswami through reference to what's in the Bhagavat Purana um, all the way through to the completion of the Paramatma Sandarbha. Then we switch and Jiva Goswami introduces the Pariva Sutra which is the key to understanding the inner secrets of the Bhagavatam, Krishnastu Bhagavan Swayam. So we have a way to get there. Once we get there, then we'll enter into the Krishna Sandarbha. Jiva continues, according to the specific qualifications and disposition of the spiritual aspirant, the absolute truth reveals himself in a specific way. All of them, as they surrender unto me, I will accordingly. How do we surrender? Everyone surrenders due to the gracious dispensation 
coming from the transcendental realm. There's no question of surrender based on what we have at our disposal from the material environment, which is inert. There is nothing there. So anything that we're going to know, whether that knowledge is about Brahman, Paramatma, or Bhagavan, that is all descending knowledge. To elucidate this principle, Sri Bhamaji describes the characteristics of a person eligible to realize Brahman in his prayers to Bhagavan. And now we go to that central core of the um, understanding of, of, of Krishna's uh, youthful activities uh, and uh, the Brahmavimohan Leela. After this Leela and, and Brahma had so many revelations, which um, we will not go there now in this presentation, but uh, everyone I think who's listening here has some insights into that revelation uh, from Swami Tripurari. So, oh, unlimited Lord, Brahma prayed, you have no attributes, aguna, and so your glory, Mahima, deserves to be perceived by pure-hearted selves. This perception arises from the immutable avikriyat, experience of or establishment in the self, swana bhavat. Being formless, arupata, this glory, Brahman, can be known through awareness of non-distinction from it, ananya bhojatmataya and not otherwise. So again, we speak and we, we look to the nature of revelation and entering into revelation means that we not only obtain the correct conceptual orientation, but we also enter into that revelation through, uh, through, association with those that are familiar with it, and then by ourselves acquainting us, acquainting ourselves through, as said here, through a non-distinction, through, through an understanding by, um, by, by personal affiliation, understanding ourselves to be of the nature of that transcendental realm, to accepting ourselves as being consciousness in essence. Jiva Goswami continues and he writes, we will now offer elaboration an exposition on the Vedanta verse, which will continue, wait, is this a duplicate? Yes, it is, I'm sorry, let me go on. Um, Jiva Goswami writes, although Sri Brahma previously stated in his prayers that Bhagavan's Brahman and Bhagavan manifestations are both difficult to understand, he nevertheless states here, O unlimited Lord, O Bhuman, you who are unlimited in form and attributes, the glory of that aspect in which you 
do not manifest the attributes existing within your essential nature is great. That's really the nature of Brahman, greatness. This glory by which is meant your greatness should by extension be understood to mean Brahmatva or the boundless absolute. For it is said in the Shruti, wherefore is this called Brahman? Because it expands and causes others to expand. This glory of yours deserves to be perceived by pure-hearted selves, that is, to persons whose inner-hearted selves, uh, that is, to persons whose inner perceptual facilities have been purified. In other words, the Brahman as aspect is potentially revealed to their awareness. It is possible for this to happen. So now we get to what is the cause of such a perception of Brahman? How can, as, as the title of the Anucheta has been relayed here, what makes one eligible for such a perception? So Brahma's mentioned purity of heart. So what is the immediate cause of such perception to this? Brahma says, it is due to experience of or establishment in the self that is through awareness of the pure you principle, Tvam Padartha, the pure self. So to come the beginning stage, Brahma is explaining through his prayer, the begin, beginning stage to revelation in regards to which is the first revelation to come um, regarding the Supreme Absolute Truth. Uh, more about that later. For the devotees, it is a little different. Um, it comes from a, a purity of heart that allows a self-identification with the nature of that consciousness. So that's really the such an important phrase self-identification, and we've touched upon that earlier, that how we identify with the world around us determines what we become, how we, what is our I, what is our my, what, are, what am I? All that is built upon our identification. Now, when we turn our consciousness towards the supreme, we begin by looking inward at the I-ness of what is the nature of my consciousness. Because I myself, my surroundings, and even my physical attributes are continually changing, but I, the I is, remains constant. So this is where it starts. Jiva continues in the Anucheta. The objective may be objection may be raised that all experiences are mental states. Anta karna vritti. So now we see how Jiva 
this is kind of an insight into the, his presentation of the Sundarbas. He raises his own objections. Um, the poor of Apoxa. What is the objection? Well, the objection is, wait a minute. How can I perceive myself when I everything that is perceptible to me has to go through the facilities that I have, which is my mind and senses. So my mental states are, are developed by what I perceive around me. My senses give input that affects my mentality and how I perceive things. And of course, how I would contemplate things to be. So you're saying, look within. Well, if I'm looking within, how can I look within without using my, my mind? Which are transformations of the gross and subtle bodies. How can I do that? Jiva's raising the question. How can the material mind perceive the pure self, Twam Padartha, which is devoid of such transformations? To this, Sri Brahma answers, this experience is immutable or free from any transformation. The minds of these persons are free from all said transformations, or rather the experience of self occurs beyond the range of mind and hence beyond the reach of mental or egoic modifications. So a key, wait, these, this kind of a perception of the self has to be beyond the vrittis that come on to the mind by external perception. Well, how is that possible? Shiva brings up his own additional objection. Well, another objection may be raised that any experience of an object in the form of mental states or vrittis takes the shape of that object, whatever we're thinking of. That's our mind goes there. However, the pure self is not subject to anyone's experience being situated within or beyond the senses. In answer to this, Brahmaji says, being formless, arupata, etc. Form means something that can be measured or conceived, visaya, an object of the senses. The self is devoid of any such shape. In other words, when the mind is free from any modifications caused by attachment, to the gross or subtle bodies, then the pure self manifests itself. We, one has to become free of the influence of the senses upon this, the mind to such an extent that perception can come of the self which is completely outside of the realm of experience that we're used to. So one has to come to a state of transcendence. 
Jiva continues. A final ob objection is that, so he's, he's looking at all these objections and saying, no, if we look, this is how Brahmaji is saying that this can be overcome, this objection or that objection. And then Jiva goes on. A final objection is that even if one realizes the infinitesimal individual consciousness, how can God's Brahman aspect, which is complete, undivided consciousness, become revealed to him? Brahmaji answers, this glory can be known through awareness of non-distinction from it and not otherwise. Again, self-identification with the fact that we, in essence, are pure consciousness. This is a long Anucheta, and uh, it really gives us a true insight into the way that Jiva Goswami schools us and unpacks and utilizes verses from the Bhagavatam to, to make and give us the deep understandings that are there in the Bhagavatam that, that we may not even be able to perceive ourselves uh, just by reading the prayer of Brahma. What are these meanings? It's a one prayer of Brahma from the 14th chapter of the 10th canto is full of so it's it can be unpacked and so much revelation can come uh, to us. And that's what Jiva Goswami does throughout the Sandarbhas to give us the revelation of the Sambandha Gyan that constitutes Gaudiya Vaishnavism, our conception of the Supreme Absolute Truth. And then he also unpacks the Abhideya and reveals the Prayojan. He continues, in other words, this realization of non-distinction is possible because Brahman and the Jiva share the same characteristic of being conscious by nature. Even if one recognizes that the self is pure consciousness, however, this does not result in the ability to experience oneness with Brahman by one's own efforts. One can, however, attain it by the power or grace of God, who has been worshipped by devotion, sadhana bhakti, which is the source and shelter of all perfections with the aim of such realization. Now we come to the crucial, what I consider the crucial point to be understood at this time by ourselves so that we can fully understand that there is Brahman realization. There are, there is the possibility of this of a, of a Sukadev entering into Brahman, but even that entrance requires the power and grace of Krishna, as Jiva is writing here. Without that, even Brahman realization is not possible. And now Jiva unpacks and provides 
more knowledge in this regard. Thus, Sutta Goswami says in the verse immediately following the Vedanti verse. So, the next verse after the Vedanta verse, Vedanti verse, Sutta Goswami writes, Therefore, the wise, faithful sages see the absolute truth, as Brahman, Paramatma, or Bhagavan, within the self through devotion coupled with knowledge and detachment acquired through the faculty of hearing. That God's mercy is instrumental in achieving Brahman realization is also stated by Sri Matsya to King Satyavrata. Then another, again, he pulls from the Bhagavatam and he says, quoting Matsya, you will also know my glory, which is celebrated as Parabrahman, for it will be thoroughly revealed to you within your heart, both as a result of your own profound inquiry and through my favor, through my force, you will have this revelation. So there's so much to unpack here. And uh, I want to go through a couple verses and give you some insight. So from the commentary, we can read the following. One of the revolutionary ideas that Srila Jiva Goswami is pointing out to us in is that Brahman realization is impossible without the mercy of God, which comes only as a result of being of the being result of the being's participation in devotion. In other words, Brahman realization is impossible without engagement in bhakti yoga. Thus, even the followers of Sankaracharya, the chief protagonist of Brahmagyan in recent times, must imbibe the spirit of devotion, which is to say they must wed devotion to Gyan to attain perfection in their path. Otherwise, they encounter only misery in the form of repeated birth and death. And we come to the famous verse. And this verse was, as I said, in the beginning, not completely unpacked. So um, his divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada, he would often come quote this verse in saying that any anybody that's striving for Brahman will, will fall down from that position. So without a full explanation, uh, it's a way to immediately turn the consciousness of his disciples at that place and at that time to a personal manifestation of the Supreme Absolute Truth, Krishna. So he would quote often, Yenye Ravindaksha Vimuktamani Nas Avisuda Buddhaya Aruya Krichena Parampadam Tata Tanchato Nadrita Yusmad Agraya. O lotus eyed Lord, others, the followers of the path of pure knowledge, devoid of devotion, who consider themselves liberated and whose minds are impure due to a lack of devotion to you, fall from the high position they have attained with great difficulty due to having disregarded your lotus feet. 
In other words, it, to those people who strive to realize Brahman without utilizing bhakti, without that aspect being utilized, uh, they will not be successful. There has to be a pinch of bhakti. And if that is not there, then their attainment of liberation is not possible. But you can use bhakti to realize Brahman. And that is also given to us in the Bhagavatam. And we come to an important verse that explains exactly how that is accomplished. And all we can do is read it and explain it and, and look at it through the eyes of our Gaudiya tradition. Shujiva Goswami says, one attains Brahman realization only by the influence of God. And we can quote this verse from the third canto, 28th chapter. By practicing meditation, the yogi gradually develops love for Sri Hari. His heart melts due to love and the hairs of his body stand erect due to eagerness. I'm sorry, due to excessive joy. He is constantly bathed in a stream of tears caused by eagerness. At that stage, the yogi withdraws his mind, which is used to attract God, just as a hook is used to catch fish from the object of meditation. The prefix prati in the word pratilabda, bhava, signifies that the meditator's attainment of bhava is not favorable, pratikula, since he has a personal motive. So this is, this is the directive from the Bhagavatam as to how the Brahmavadis attain Brahman. What do they do? They first meditate as yogis on Hari, the absolute with form. What does that do? It can only do one thing. It can only melt their heart. Their hairs stand on end. Tears flow from their eyes in excessive love for that personality. But their goal is something else. So even though he's bathed in streams of tears caused by that eagerness to attain his goal, then once he's experienced Trihari, then he withdraws his mind due to having disregarded your right. We can do is read it and explain it. And Shujiva Goswami said, and we can quote this first, the third case, the yogi gradually develops love for his body, stand erect due to eagerness, constantly bathed in a streak tears, draws his mind, which is used for the object of meditation. Love signifies the most favorable. Pratikula is the directive of Attain I don't know what what's happening do? here. Uh, something's gone wrong. Hello? Uh, uh, I hope everybody can hear me. I'm going to continue. Uh, somehow we had some feedback there. It's uh, better now. Okay, thank you very much for that input.
So imagine, imagine the state of the yogi that he's tasting the sweetness of Krishna and then he uses all of his energy and turns it off. Vishwanath Chakravarti's commentary to this verse uh, from the Bhagavatam is he's all I can do, he's brutal <laughs> in looking to these yogis and saying, uh, he's basically saying from the Gaudiya viewpoint, what is wrong with you? You know, you, you now, you have attained the darshan of the supreme and you turn that off. You're such a cheater. Cheater. You're like a fisherman who's taking his mind and he's capturing the Lord through his efforts. He's following sadhana bhakti. He's following the method, and then he's captured. And the Lord, of course, in being captured, he immediately wants to fulfill the desire, and the yogi turns off, turns off that revelation, and proceeds to... Uh, his Brahman real revelation. And we, we find also uh, from elsewhere in the commentary, when Sridhar Swami, the great commentary, uh, commentator on the Bhagavat Purana, commentates, gives us some, some insight into the very second verse of the Bhagavat Purana, Projita Katava. Uh, he says that the pre-sik pra implies that the mere desire for liberation is also an example of cheating mentality. So if we remember that verse, that verse is saying, this Bhagavatam is for those who are free. And Sridhar Swami in his commentary says, those that are free, this means also those that are seeking impersonal liberation. They're going to be they're they're not going to be able to enter into the mysteries of this Bhagavat Purana because they have a cheating mentality. The heart of such a yogi is not completely pure. A pure-hearted person never abandons the lotus feet of Sri Krishna under any circumstances, certainly not due to a preference of his Brahman aspect. According to Srila. Rupa Goswami, the signs of love apparently manifest in a yogi as described above, 32834, the yogi with a hook-like mind, are not real symptoms of reti or transegoic love. Rather, they are they rather they describe reti abas, the mere semblance of such love. From the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. If symptoms of reti, such as softening of the heart, are observed in persons who have desires, such as that for liberation, other than devotion and love, then these symptoms do not indicate real reti, but only a semblance or shadow. And Krishna himself speaks of this Brahman realization, um, and how that it, it is not possible 
without his mercy. In the, in the Gita, he says, a person who serves me alone through unswerving devotion completely transcends these gunas of nature and becomes qualified to realize Brahman. The Advaitavadis, however, propose that ignorance can be vanquished by the culture of knowledge alone and that one will attain Brahman realization by dint of this knowledge. However, such knowledge is also a product of material nature, albeit the sattva gun. So yes, the followers of Sankaracharya's concocted conception of the attainment of Brahman, um, although they're even, they're purifying themselves to this, and, and coming to the state of sattva, still consciousness in sattva does not result in the revelation of Brahman. We're going to continue this discussion in our next class and complete what is contained in the Bhagavat Sandarbha as the Brahman Sandarbha. To have a full understanding of this is, is quite helpful for us, that there are aspirants, there are Brahmavadis, they, are in, they fall in one class. Yes, we condemn them. Yes, Vishwanath, you know, can, can only condemn them. Uh, from our vantage point, anybody would, would give up Krishna's revelation of, of Krishna and clear their mind of that revelation just to enter into Brahman, he could only be looked at from the Gaudiya perspective as fool number one. With that, I will stop for today. And if anybody has a question, we will attempt as we can to uh, answer that. And if not, I will, as always, offer my humble respects. Vanchakopadubhischa, Kripasindabhivacha, Patitanam Pabhanibhyo, Vaishnavijimunamaha. Thank you so much for your association, and I hope that this has nourished your spiritual understanding in some small way. Shijiva Goswami Ki Jai. Hare Krishna. Krishna Kirtana Gana Nathana Pano Premamritam Banidhi Dheeradheer Janapriyau Priyakarau Nirmata